MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, April 13th, 2020. Today, the Wisconsin and Alaska primaries, the Celebrity Apprentice tapes, Weinstein is charged in Los Angeles, California could have had a coronavirus longer than we thought, a win for voting rights in New Hampshire, two major stories about what Trump knew and when he knew it dropped over the weekend, Trump's labor secretary comes under fire, coronavirus misinformation, Chernobyl, Krakatoa, because why not 2020? The Democrats get a win in the Kansas Supreme Court and an interview with John Cryer about the Republican efforts to steal the November election by letting the post office close. I'm your host, A.G., and I'll be joined later for the good news by Jordan Coburn. All right. So uh, thank you to everyone who joined us Friday afternoon, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time for our happy hour quarantine cocktail extravaganza. It was fabulous. Uh, Everybody was dressed up. It was wonderful. Um, and it's just something that we look forward to every week now, and, and uh, we're going to do it again this week. Send us your ideas for a theme, because we had the first one was themeless, second one was the pajama jammy jam, then we had a dressy cocktail attire this last week, and so let us know what, uh, what you think. Maybe we can do a tiki uh, theme or, or something, uh, something to that effect. But send your suggestions in. Hit us up at Daily Bean- Beans Pod on Twitter. It's at Daily Beans Pod or at Muller She Wrote on Twitter. Either one works. Uh, and you can send your ideas also to hello at MullerSheWrote.com or Amanda at MullerSheWrote.com. And we'll take all of your suggestions and your questions for that uh, upcoming Friday tradition, which I absolutely love. I look forward to it. Um, we have a ton of news that happened over the weekend. So let's just jump in and hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, so let's go through these headlines. There was a lot of stuff that happened this weekend. First of all, the Alaska primary results are in. Uh, Alaska votes entirely by mail. 100% of the returns are back, and Biden has won Alaska 55 to 45, uh, Bernie Sanders with 45. Uh, As we know, Sanders has uh, suspended his campaign, but he is keeping his name on the ballot in the remaining states to gather more delegates in hopes of ex, you know, being able to exert some leverage over the, the Democratic uh, platform, the, the party platform at the convention over the summer. Wisconsin uh, also voted. As we know, we've covered this in the last week. There was a kind of a battle going on between Governor Evers and the Republicans in the state assembly and Senate. And uh, Evers lost that battle and people were forced to vote in person um, amid this pandemic. And uh, the, it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court voted remotely to tell people they weren't allowed to vote remotely. Um, but those Wisconsin results won't be out until tomorrow uh, or today if you're listening on Monday. <laughs> They'll be out Monday. How about we just say that? And from Page St. John in the Los Angeles Times, early COVID-19 deaths in the Bay Area in California suggest that coronavirus had established itself in the community long before health officials started poking around, and that lag time has allowed the virus to spread unchecked before social distancing rules went into effect. A study out from Stanford shows a dramatic viral surge in February, but data collected by the CDC and local health departments suggest it was a lot earlier, most likely back in December, and it wasn't recognized because we were having a severe flu season on top of it, and symptoms are very much alike, as you know. I mean, there are differences, but they're very much alike. The Bay Area 
is a natural hub for those traveling to and from China, according to the L.A. Times. And Santa Clara County had its first two cases almost a week before federal approval for emergency testing on February 4th. And both travelers were returning from Wuhan. Couple that with little or no community testing in January and February, and you could see where Stanford draws its conclusions about the viral spike in February. I know Jordan had some uh, had a had a sickness at the end of January that she's you know we're kind of all convinced that she had it um, because of her you know the very specific symptoms that she had, and hopefully soon we'll have more access to serology tests where we can find out if we are carrying the antibody, meaning we have had COVID nineteen. And speaking of early detection, the New York Times dropped two monster stories over the weekend about an email group called Red Dawn and what the federal government knew and when they knew it about coronavirus. We've we've heard a lot of, of stories about uh, Trump and the early warnings uh, that, that he received and the White House received. Um, but this just sort of puts it all together. It's the credible um, journalism. And the examination reveals the president was warned about the potential for a pandemic, but internal divisions and lack of planning and faith in his own instinct led to this crappy response. And part of the Red Dawn group, which is named after the movie about the movies about a group of Americans trying to save the country from an invasion, um, part of this group, which is comprised of public health experts from universities and agencies across the country, included Dr. Carter Metcher from the VA, who wrote on the night of January 28th, back in January, quote, any way you cut it, this is going to be bad. The projected size of the outbreak already seems hard to believe. And we know that addition, in addition to Red Dawn uh, and, and these doctors who and Fauci was part of this group as well. Uh, there was a memo circulated by Peter Navarro on January 29th that also predicted half a million deaths and cost trillions of dollars, that, that the coronavirus could could take trillions away from the economy. Medievalist Trump limited travel from China at the end of January, which we're showing as has not having been effective, even though he keeps touting it as wonderful genius. Public health had to compete with economic considerations in internal debates. And basically what happened is all the public health officials agreed that travel bans were useless and mitigation or non-pharmaceutical interventions known as NPIs were the answer and the only answer, closing schools, social distancing, etc. And in February, Dr. Cadleck from the Health Department of Health and Human Services had run a tabletop exercise concluding pretty much the same stuff that Navarro concluded. And health experts decided to meet with Trump to tell him he had to impose national NPIs to mitigate this outbreak, close schools and ten, you know, no more than 10 in a gathering, you know, stay six feet apart, um, stay at home. Uh, but, but on the way back from India, um, Dr. Uh, Trump was flying back on Air Force One. Dr. Nancy Massanier, the director of national, the National Center for, Communication, for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases, publicly issued her blunt warning uh, if you remember this warning, without consulting the White House, she just went ahead and came out with it. And that tanked the stock market, which pissed Trump off. So he canceled his meetings with Dr. Kadler, who was also part of the Red Dawn group. And and he did not succumb to pressure to institute social distancing guidelines until three weeks later. And during those three weeks, February 16th uh, or 27th to March 16th, the virus was allowed to sweep across the country fairly unchecked. Um, then there's the China factor. Trump didn't want to upset China. And a lot of people who were coming to him with uh, this problem about this virus that could be, you know, have an issue are China hawks. Um, and so, of course, 
there was also a Situation Room meeting, uh, which we've talked about before, where Trump asked Fauci, why not just let this wash over the country? Just let herd immunity, just let everybody get it. And it, uh, apparently, according to New York Times here, it took Fauci a minute to figure out what Trump was saying because it's so unbelievable. And when he did, he was very alarmed and he told the president, we can't let it wash over the country. Many will die. Uh, according to the models that they had, 2.2 to 4 million people um, if you just let it do its thing. Uh, and the New York Times quote, uh, closes with this quote saying, the chaotic culture of the Trump White House contributed to the crisis. A lack of planning and a failure to execute combined with the president's focus on the news cycle and his preference for following his gut rather than the data cost time and perhaps lives. I really recommend you check out reading the Red Dawn emails. New York Times has published all of them. I believe they don't have a paywall for any coronavirus news, so you should check that out. And now from Raw Story, Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia's implementation of the coronavirus stimulus package is coming under fire from Democratic lawmakers who say his handling of the new law favors corporations and leaves workers, working folks, behind. Scalia, son of the late Justice Antonin Scalia, has used the department's authority to limit who qualifies for joblessness assistance and to make it easier for you know small businesses not to pay family leave benefits. Lawmakers have voiced concerns that the Labor Department's lack of urgency makes it more difficult for gig workers to get benefits. Um, and, and Scalia says, quote, he, he's not, he doesn't make any, he has no qualms about being an asshole. He says, unemployment is not the preferred outcome when government stay-at-home orders force temporary business shutdowns. We want workers to have to work, not to become dependent on the employment system. So he's coming under a lot of fire for, for his handling of this, uh, and rightfully so. And the numbers today um, in the coronavirus epidemic show over 1.8 million infected globally with over 113,000 deaths. And in the United States, we have 532,000, a little more than 532,000 cases and 21,700 deaths, uh, almost 7,000 in New York alone. And if that weren't enough, um, other news going around the uh, happening around the globe right now, Krakatoa erupted. Um, and the Chernobyl forest fires are burning out of control, radioactive fires. Uh, and if you want to get biblical, there's apparently a swarm of locusts threatening millions in Africa, which is going to be 10 times worse, projected to be 10 times worse than the last swarm. That's diabolical and, and horrible. And, and we're dealing with all of this on top of, on top of this global, global pandemic. Um, and from the Associated Press, I found this really helpful. It's called A Week of False News About Coronavirus, and it's a roundup of the most popular but completely untrue stories about the coronavirus pandemic. The first claim, tonic water or quinine supplements can be used to prevent and treat coronavirus. Uh, actually, medical experts say, as of now, there is no proven medication or home remedy that can cure coronavirus. Facebook posts saying drinking Schweppes tonic water will work because it contains quinine. Quinine can be used to treat malaria. Malaria drugs like hydroxychloroquine are the synthetic form of quinine. So people are saying drink tonic water. Doctors say you can make a nice gin and tonic with it, but it's not going to help. It's not going to do anything. Next, people are sharing maps showing a correlation between COVID-19 and locations where 5G has been installed. Uh, there's no evidence that 5G is at all related to the coronavirus. There's no truth to it. It's stupid. Don't just ignore that. Um, next, former President Obama. Uh, here's here's the, the lie here. People are saying, people are spreading this thing around saying Obama is saying he would not allow white people to kill Africans with their toxic vaccines. 
Uh, this fabricated claim shared across social media grew out of a French TV segment where two doctors suggested that tuberculosis vaccine be tested in Africa in trials to fight the coronavirus. The doctors were accused of racism for the comments they made on the French news channel LCI earlier this month with celebrities like soccer star uh, Didier Drogba and actor John Boyega sharing their outrage on Twitter after a video with the doctor's comments circulated online. Uh, Dr. Machidiso Modi, uh, the World Health Organization's regional director on Africa, also shared a clip of the doctors on Twitter calling the video deeply upsetting. Quote, all research, including on COVID-19 in this global crisis, must be ethical and based on principles, she said. Uh, the French National Institute of Health and Medical Research tweeted April 2nd that it uh, that the edited video had been taken out of context. Shortly after the video emerged online, though, social media users began sharing posts suggesting Obama had asked Africans not to accept vaccines from American from America and Europe and urged people to share the message widely. Uh, they quoted Obama falsely, saying, I'll be an accomplice if I don't denounce this evil act white people want to do to Africans. First of all, I was born in America, but I'm uh, African blood. I'm not going to allow white people to kill Africans with their toxic vaccines. And that is just a completely false post. Uh, Obama never said that. Uh, another claim, a false claim going around, is that Walmart has adopted staggered shopping schedules based on age. Um, Monday... Uh, age 66 and up, Tuesday, 56 to 65, Wednesday, 46 to 55, Thursday, etc. Uh, this is a totally false. They do have special um, hours to cater to seniors um, who experts have said, you know, could be more vulnerable to coronavirus. But a post circulating on Facebook features logos for Walmart and Sam's Club and falsely states that the discount retailer is establishing shopping days based on age groups. The post apologizes for any inconvenience before breaking out what age groups can shop, which I just sort of went over with you. And Sunday shopping is for emergency only. Anyway, that whole thing is fake. That is not happening. Another 5G conspiracy theory making the rounds says that it kills birds. And a set of photos is circulating on Facebook that shows dozens of dead birds scattered in the streets and sidewalks. Uh, and falsely described uh, the photo as showing the effects of electromagnetic radiation. Can you imagine what 5G will do to us, it says? Um... The photos date to February 4th when a strong wind knocked over a tree uh, in Rome, uh, according to Italian media outlets, when the tree fell over, a man was injured and several birds that had made their nests in the tree were killed. Photos and video published of the time showed the fallen tree next to dozens of dead birds saying, uh, look, if, the, if this is electromagnetic radiation can do to birds, what will 5G do to us? So those are the BS conspiracy theory stories for the week. Thank you to Associated Press for rounding them all up. We'll be right back after this quick break with John Cryer to discuss saving the post office. Stay around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Beachbody On Demand. As we know, we're all stuck in our homes for a while. It's important now more than ever to avoid complacency and stay active and keep moving. It's great for our mental health. Work out and even take classes in the comfort of your own home with Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is the easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 effective workouts suited for anybody at any time. Beachbody On Demand is the best streaming workout platform. They're the company behind P90X, Insanity, and the 21-Day Fix. So now check out some of Beachbody's newest programs like Morning Meltdown 100 and 80-Day Obsession and start every day strong. Get motivated by celebrity super trainers like Tony Horton, Joel Freeman, uh, Jericho McMatthews, and Autumn Calabrese. Beachbody On Demand has hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio to uh, interval training and yoga, even dance workouts. Exercise on your schedule with workouts as short as 10 minutes that don't require any extra equipment. 
In the time it takes you to drive to and park at the gym, you can be finished with a workout. Access it anywhere, anytime, on the computer, tablet, smartphone, and more. I start my day with the morning meltdown 100. I feel stronger. I feel more accomplished. And that's before I have my first cup of coffee. That's sort of my reward. And right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text Daily Beans to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, all the nutrition information and support, totally free. Just text Daily Beans, one word, to 303030 or 303030. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And I'm excited about this. Joining us today for the interview, he plays Lex Luthor on Supergirl on the C-dubs. And he was, of course, in Two and a Half Men. And, if, you know, our audience, if I know our audience, which I think I do, you'll also know him as Ducky from Pretty in Pink and Maxwell Hauser from Hiding Out. Please welcome John John Cryer. John, thanks for speaking with me today. So, so happy to be here. I almost called you Choir, John Choir. Yeah, well, you know, uh, 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 we, I, I, when I introed myself earlier, I was uh, uh, singing. You were. Uh, so, but I won't do that now because I think uh, people have had a rough enough week. <laughs> That's very kind. Um, uh, I thought you had a, a fantastic voice. That's just me. I'm oh, biased. Thank you. I'm biased. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk to you about the upcoming elections um, and how this administration is just basically out to steal it. Because, you, you know, you're not a supervillain, but you play one on TV. And so I thought you might have some relevant input here. Of course, we know about vast voter suppression, gerrymandering, ridiculous voter ID laws, all designed to limit the number of voters and disenfranchise those who typically vote blue. It's the only way that the Republicans can win. And Trump admitted that during one of his press conferences. And then, of course, we have Russian interference. We have the Ukraine scandal to get dirt on Joe Biden. But this week, we learned about another extraordinary step to block access to voting. And that's that the Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, are refusing to rescue the post office, which is uh, set to become uh, insolvent in June. And this is while Democrats are pushing for vote by mail amidst the coronavirus outbreak. I wanted your take on that, what's happening with the post office. Well, it's interesting because it, it, it actually uh, uh, corresponds to a bunch of GOP um, goals. You know, they I mean, their, their vast overarching goal, uh, uh, besides uh, creating a, a sort of corrupt kleptocracy uh, um, is appears to be uh, the privatization of the Postal Service. Um, you know, they've been wanting to do that for decades. In fact, uh, m you know, my understanding of when they they uh, they, they they enforced a, a they actually uh, and the outgoing Congress of was it 2006? No, when was it? I don't remember when it was exactly, but they uh, uh, changed the the pension vesting rules mm -hmm. for uh, for the post office, ba making it basically impossible for the post office to run at a profit. They were already in trouble, but they by requiring them to fund their pensions for another 50 years, they were trying to bring about privatization, uh, supposedly. Uh, yeah. Do you recall this? Yeah, I 100 percent recall this. That, that pretty much made them they were set to because of that decision. They had been set to run out of money a few times and, and they were I think they were going to be solvent until 2021 until coronavirus hit. Yeah. And so and obviously mail has dropped precipitously. Uh, businesses can't afford to advertise and send out uh, all those mailers that you love so much getting in the mail. <laughs> um, but this this whole push seems to dovetail with a bunch of things that the GOP wants, um, uh, you know, and and, and, it, and it dovetails with what Trump wants as well. Uh, you know, he's had uh, uh, he's had a bug up his butt about Amazon and Amazon's deal with the post office 
for a long time because the post office does two things for Amazon. Um, the post office uh, uh, has their their lat, what they call their last mile service, which is mean which means that they service rural areas that Amazon won't go because they're just too far. Um, the the post office is required to to service those areas, so they do so for Amazon, um, and they charge them normal postal rates for that. Uh, and Trump has for a long time been saying that the post office would be solvent if they would charge much higher rates to do that. Um, but my understanding is that that's not actually the case. Um, that the that the post office actually has excess capacity anyway. Um, and that chart that changing their rates for that wouldn't necessarily make them they'd still have to pay those those expenses. So it wouldn't actually change things for them is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, the report came out um, when, where Trump had pressured the postmaster general to like double the shipping rates on, on Bezos on Amazon because, you know, I mean, he also owns the Washington Post, which is not Trump's favorite thing. And uh, that, to me, with was an impeachable offense. I mean, remember Nixon uh, mobilized and weaponized the IRS to go after and do audits on his Democratic opponents. Uh, this was no different. It was an abuse of power to try to pressure the postmaster general to do that. So he's he's been mad about them for a while. Yeah. And then there's the then there's the overall effort of, uh, you know, trying to cut down a on the, the uh, reporting of the census, which is uh, which is we're in the midst of going out. Uh, and that that, you know, certainly with the pandemic raging, mail in balloting is going to be much more attractive to people in general than uh, than uh, showing up in person. So, so again, this this dovetails with a lot of goals for them, um, but it's hard to pick out one because it's because it's so, there's so many. Yeah, I have to go with the vote by mail thing. I know that they're very against that. Trump brought up in a press conference that if we vote by mail, Republicans will never win again, uh, and he's right. <laughs> and um, so now he's on he's on this uh, marketing goal of of convincing Americans that when you vote by mail, it increases the likelihood of fraud, which has not been proven at all in states that have nothing but mail-in ballots. We just had the Alaska primary uh, yesterday, a total mail-in vote there. Um, But I I, I think this is really aimed at at vote by mail. We saw what happened in Wisconsin with the state Supreme Court and the the conservative Supreme Court ruling that Wisconsinites had to vote in person, putting their lives at risk. And I'm afraid if Trump reopens the country before we have a mass testing program in place, which he doesn't even seem to understand the question when asked about that, um, I think we could see a second wave uh, and it could hit in November and and we have to vote then. Yeah. Now, I have to say I'm a little mystified about their antipathy toward mail voting, mail in voting, because, yeah, yes, he said that. But it would seem to me that there's a lot of natural constituencies for mail in voting that would favor Republicans like the military, like older people. A lot of people who already use mail-in voting, it seems like, would favor Republicans to me. I mean, am I nuts? Well, Trump himself mail-in voted in 2018. Exactly. Um, Because, you know, he's like, look, I live here. I'm the president. I can't go to Florida and vote. And we were trying to tell him, well, Wisconsinites can't go to the polls to vote either because they will die, (laughs) you know. So I'm not sure, like, why you're excuse you know your absentee excuse is is uh you know more important than uh, than the lives of wisconsinites or anybody else who's going to have to vote eventually 
but yeah, he voted by mail himself. So it's just it seems very odd. You're right uh, that that um, it it would get more Republican votes. But I think he knows uh, I think he knows the writings on the wall. The more people that can vote, the less likely Republicans are to win. Yeah, that's that seems to have been demographically shown over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I I still, you know, uh, uh, I'm still curious about, you know, the the for a lot of uh, for a long time, people have been proposing that the Postal Service could actually become profitable if it did, if it got into other areas like postal banking Uh, and the post office, by the way, already um, uh, contracts itself out to Amazon um, as a, as a delivery service, they, they, uh, you know, a lot of time, if you've gotten a package on Sunday, it's because uh, a U.S. postal person did it, mm-hmm. you know, delivered it for you. So, um, so again, it would seem like th- this just seems like a huge loser for Republicans in many respects, because, uh, you know, th- it, the postal service is one of the most popular government services that the U.S. government has, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also uh, enshrined in the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7 is the Postal Clause. It empowers Congress to establish post offices and roads so that they can be supposed the post can be delivered. So I'm confused as how Republicans are going to ignore that bit. They seem to wave the Constitution around when it benefits them uh, and ignore it when it doesn't. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that fight goes. I, I'm mystified. This just seems I, I, I'm mystified. Just uh, yes, I, I get it. Uh, uh, the, the the GOP has been horrendous on a bunch of issues. This just seems like also a political loser for them because I feel like it's going to hit their constituents in a way that they're really going to notice. You know, uh, uh, and and it, it would seem like uh, uh, it, it just seems like it, th- this just seems nuts to me. Yeah. And and I'm also concerned about how, you know, the privatization of the post office could impact, um, you know, the, the, this administration tends to project. They tend to to blame others for that which they are guilty. And if there's any voter fraud, I could see there being a potential for voter fraud with privatization in favor of the Republicans, but nothing else, really. Yeah. Uh, and and, and you, we forget that the post office is this is this cultural unifier for the entire United States. You know, it's it's really uh, uh, it, it means a lot to people. Your postman, you know, your postman, you know, everybody knows the, the, the people that deliver their mail. They've seen them. You know, this is a huge workforce, by the way, that we're talking about possibly getting uh, unemployed during a pandemic. Uh uh, you know, I, I just feel like this is a, a third rail for the Republicans, and I don't know why they're even considering it. Well, they've been successful at this kind of stuff in the past. I mean, he managed to get his base to to hate war heroes like John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't see there being a problem with him uh, being able to flip his base on on something like the post office. There'll be people like, yeah, f the post office, bunch of assholes, and you'd be like, what? That's the post office. <laughs> Uh, And one of my main concerns is that Democrats are going to demand 
money for the post office. They're, they're working on a second stimulus package. And they're going to demand vote by mail funding, which because they did that in the first one, but that was a non-starter for Republicans. And I think Republicans aren't going to budge on this. And then, of course, just as they did with the first stimulus, they'll blame Democrats for holding additional stimulus money hostage when it was actually the Republicans that kept the stimulus money low in the first package. That you know they limited the amounts everybody got in the first package. Um, and I'm pretty optimistic as a as a person, but this seems highly problematic politically for Democrats. I'm not sure how they get around it. I'm I'm not either. It's uh, I I it does feel like people because they're stuck at home, uh, at least on social media, they seem to be paying attention. Um, so that's that's nice. And uh, uh, and and there's been interesting uh, polling effects too. Like uh, uh, usually uh, the rally around the flag uh, aspect of polling is incredibly powerful when there's something when there's a national crisis like this. And this is by the way a national crisis that is unparalleled. In, you know, in, in my life, I have not been, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a national crisis that that came as close and had this much effect on my day to day living. And I, I I can't think of one right away, you know, um, and, uh, uh, you know, so I, I I but interestingly, Trump got he got a rally, rally around the flag bump for a very short period of time. And it appears to have almost completely dissipated at this point. Uh, uh, which is uh, which is fascinating to me because that's you know uh, you know America when we feel we're in crisis tends to rally around its leader you know very powerfully and that is not occurring. Yeah, I think Bush's popularity rating or approval rating went up to like eighty percent or something after after nine eleven and and uh, I, I mean just unprecedented numbers. I think he peaked at fifty or fifty five and now he's back down in the forties. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, it, so it does seem like people are are paying attention to some degree. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, the, and the fact that the administration seems to have no plan for going forward. I mean, this has been driving me crazy. It's like even if even if you say even if you're, you're going to claim, you know, we weren't flat footed, we, we we had a travel ban on China, even though that's now appearing to have been uh, uh, largely ineffective. You know, it, it, you know, he, he, he can you know, it, you can always argue that in hindsight, we screwed up. But, you know, we, we you know, given the information we had, we did the best we could. You can always make that. But not having a plan going forward is inexcusable or, or saying, oh, Ivanka is going to come up with something. No, Ivanka. <laughs> you know, I, I, I for some reason, uh, the the uh, uh, the knockoff handbag lady, uh, uh, you know, as God love her for uh, uh, for for making a living doing that. Um, I don't believe is is going to be uh, doing a, a great job with it. Yeah, I don't think her or her husband have the answers <laughs> that we need. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, yeah, this is. um. This is a crisis of proportions that I think a lot of us can't even fathom right now because we're in it. Um, but, you know, I am I'm very concerned about about how we're going to vote, uh, how we're going to vote in this election. And <clears throat> I'm interested to see uh, with a little bit of worry and a sort of a, you know, a, a dash of anxiety uh, in there, uh, how it how it all plays out. 
Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how further primaries uh, happen. How? Uh, do, what, what's the next one? Do you know what the next primary is? No, I think they all got pushed back to June 9th or June 23rd. I knew New York's in June 23rd. Um, we had, you know, Wisconsin, obviously, and we're waiting for results. We're supposed to get those tomorrow. And then Alaska, the results came in today. and that was. But they were all vote by mail, and that was, I think, 55 to 44, something like that. Uh-huh. And and I haven't seen any returns on the Wisconsin uh, uh, debacle. Have we heard how to what extent uh, uh, voter uh, voting went down? Yeah, I, I haven't even seen any exit polls or turnout numbers um, for Wisconsin. I haven't seen any results. Uh, and I, you know, I keep pinging the page, but everything seems to like it's going to be coming out tomorrow. But I, I'm assuming that there weren't any exit polls done because people didn't want to risk, you know, contracting the virus. Yeah. And who's going to answer them? I mean, you're going to have to yell your answers in front of all of your neighbors. <laughs> yeah, you know? I don't know. I don't know how you uh, I don't know how you do that as a pollster. Yeah. No one's going to be wanting to yell out. I voted for Marianne Williamson. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for helping me parse this issue today. Uh, tell everyone, uh, we went over this a little bit before we started recording, where they can find Supergirl right now. It's, 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 there's some, a couple of different places. <laughs> it's almost as complicated as uh, voting by mail. Um, it is it, the, the, the CW app, which is free and awesome. Uh, you can watch the last five episodes of Supergirl. Um, but if you want anything further back than that, you stream it on Netflix. Um, and, but that'll only be for the next few months. Cause then it's all going to go over to HBO max. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> okay. all right. So get it while it's hot. Exactly. Uh, binge it while you can. Uh, and you can also follow, uh, John at, uh, at Mr. John Cryer, no H and John on Twitter. Thank you again for, for speaking to me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back with the good news right after this. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Human. Right now, we're all living the quarantine life. It can be hard to stay focused and productive and not curl up into a ball and just, you know, snack the pandemic away, which I kind of been doing. Uh, we've all got to keep fighting. We have to keep active. We have to keep our energy and immune systems up. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about something I take every day that helps me stay on top of my game. It's called Super Grapes Soft Chews from Human. They taste great. They make me feel more focused and energetic with less of the late afternoon lethargy. Super Grapes Soft Chews are a delicious way to give you an energizing boost. Super Grapes Soft Chews are packed with heart-healthy grapeseed extracts that protect against uh, oxidative stress, which is a thing, um, something that affects me, uh, impacts me pretty negatively, uh, and it promotes normal blood pressure. It also promotes energy efficiency by supporting blood flow, so there's no jittery feeling, no crashes, just energy, the way nature intended, with antioxidants derived from non-GMO, concentrated, clinically studied grapeseed extract. Experience the great tasting heart healthy boost from new Super Grape Soft Chews. Get your Super Grape Soft Chews at supergrapes.com slash dailybeans and get a free 30-day supply with your first purchase. This offer is only available here, exclusive for our listeners. That's supergrapes.com slash dailybeans. Again, supergrapes.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for the good news. All right. So I've got there's actually a lot of good news that happened over the weekend. I mean, there was a lot of bad news, but there was a lot of good news. Um, first of all, prosecutors in Los Angeles have leveled another sexual assault charge against imprisoned former movie mogul Harvey Weinstein. 
Uh, it's a charge of sexual battery by restraint. Uh, and it stems from an alleged incident at the Beverly Hills Hotel in May 2010. And that's according to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. Weinstein is already serving 23 years in prison in New York after being convicted of committing a criminal sex act in the first degree and rape in the third degree. Was already facing four felony charges in Los Angeles, including forcible rape, sexual penetration by use of force, sexual battery and forcible oral copulation. Weinstein has denied the allegations. No. And you don't say. Can- yeah. Mm. And the Kansas Supreme Court has voted to uphold an executive order by the state's governor, Kelly, limiting the size of church gatherings on Easter Sunday, uh, ending a dramatic legal clash in which the court was asked amid a global pandemic to decide between public health and religious liberty. In a ruling issued on Saturday, the court said Democratic Governor Laura Kelly was within her rights when she announced an order on Tuesday limiting religious gatherings in the state to 10 people. The ruling came after an extraordinary morning session in which the court's seven justices heard oral arguments via video conference in order to comply with social distancing guidelines. And a bipartisan Senate group has given Trump until Monday, that's tomorrow, to explain his firing of the Intelligence Community Inspector General Atkinson. The group is led by Republican Senator Chuck Grassley. And uh, his letter to Trump demanding answers was co-signed by Susan Collins and Mitt Romney, among others, and a bunch of Democrats, including Mark Warner, eight, eight, eight senators in total. Uh, so that's in, that's nice, right? The Republicans are like, you, you, you can't just fire the inspector general that handed over the Ukraine whistleblower complaint. Yeah, that without, is nice. Without you know, without giving some answers. Yeah, that is nice. And it does also make me wonder where that logic was before slash the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Something that could have been useful months ago. Yeah. Uh, Like as as if now they're they're just heeding the warnings. Yeah. Um, And a judge ruled this week that Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer has to hand over the unaired footage from Trump's celebrity apprentice, to entrepreneurs who claim they lost hundreds of thousands of dollars after Trump and his kids endorsed a pyramid scheme on the reality show prior to the election. U.S. Oh District God. Judge, yeah, Lorna Schofield, and she's a judge in the Southern District of New York, told Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer that they have they have to make available hundreds of hours of recordings for these two episodes. Uh, and it's the two episodes when principals of a, a, a pyramid scheme called ACN Opportunity LLC uh, were guests on the show. Uh, This is the same suit I spoke recently with uh, Andrew Torres about, where the judge disallowed arbitration uh, for this case, and it has to go through the courts. So, interesting. Um, It's only two episodes worth of tapes, but they have to hand them over. It'd be interesting to hear what he has to say behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. That scares me how easy it is for crazy people to get airtime, and then it's like... No one ever follows up on anything. Same thing goes for news stories sometimes, too, honestly. And that more so goes for, like, local news. But if there's, like, once it's out there, it's just out there. And if they actually dedicated time to circling back, obviously they wouldn't do it in The Apprentice. But just in general, like, if that company was on, I don't know, fucking Shark Tank or something, and then people went back, they wouldn't come back and do a message and correct their record. There's so many people out there that are just falsely endorsed and getting like sucked into shitty things yeah it's pretty bad yeah but um but that's good news <laughs> yeah that's all good news a little some some of it's a little schadenfreude e. I mean it's not good news what harvey weinstein did but it's good news that he's being charged in los angeles now in addition mm-hmm. to his 23 years of prison that he's serving in new york 
Um, so, you know, I, I, again, I think that he's sort of the, the lightning rod for justice for all of us who did not get justice for when we were assaulted. And, and I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what, what uh, good news do we have from our listeners, Jordan? Yeah. So we got a whole bunch. We didn't get any quarantine confessions in time for today's show, but, uh, we just want to send out that call for those again. Please send in your quarantine confessions. These can be... I mean, they're meant to be lighthearted, obviously, but unload on us. Why not? We're at at Daily Beans Pod, or you can email Amanda at MullerSheWrote.com or answer the posts on Patreon if you're a patron. Uh, so that will be for next episode. But for now, we have amazing good news from our listeners. I'll start out with uh, Stephanie. Stephanie says, my fiance and I have been dating long distance for the past year while I've been in graduate school. But because of COVID-19, we've been reunited. April 13th will be the seventh anniversary of my... Okay, there's a trigger warning here. I'm sorry. Um, April 13th will be the seventh anniversary of my suicide attempt, and I'm so happy to be alive and able to spend this important day with the most important person in my life when I would have had to celebrate it alone. Seven years ago, I learned that life is precious. With the COVID death toll raising daily, that lesson rings true now more than ever. Thanks for all the beans. Keep up the good work. Oh, well, that's amazing. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a huge congratulations. That's incredible. Um, yeah. our, our, next, our next piece of news comes from Anonymous. Anonymous says, I work in a large reference laboratory that serves hospitals all over the country. One of the tests I perform is for measuring interleukin-6, an inflammatory chemical that is currently being monitored during the treatment of severe COVID-19 patients. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Uh, Needless to say, things are a bit stressful right now as our testing volumes have increased from about 500 a week to over 7,000. What I really wanted to mention is this. During the pandemic, our clients have been sending us encouraging notes along with their patient samples, saying things like, your work is helping us save our patients and thank you for your timeless effort, tireless effort. Also timeless. Uh, Sometimes working in a lab where you are far removed from the front lines, it's easy to forget your impact. After work, I cry to my car on the way home thinking about these messages and the people they represent. I am immensely proud of the laboratory professionals I work with and the medical community as a whole. Thanks to those sending us these encouraging messages. I assure you they are appreciated by all of us. Wow. So cool. Awesome. Thanks for the work you do seriously so badass so much badass work is being done right now in labs and everywhere our next one is from jack jack says i finished the bunny day crafting bullshit and animal crossing (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) yay (laughs) um uh, bunny day was a letdown it just seems like a corporate scam to sell eggs personally what is i'm so I feel like the people who haven't watched Tiger King, I have no idea what the fuck is going on with Animal Crossing. I need to get on that shit <laughs> as, soon, as soon as I can get a Nintendo Switch or whatever. Oh yeah, someone said that you can like play on your phone too, huh? I don't know. Anyways, from next, from Glam. Uh, you inspired me to join Noom during this lockdown, and I'm already down six pounds. It totally appeals to my check-the-box, finish-the-assignment personality, so thank you for that. Also, I haven't missed a single episode of MSW or The Daily Beans. I listen in the mornings when I walk the dog, and it is my coveted alone time for the day. You have definitely given oh. me a wonderful space to feel understood. That is so cool. Oh, wow, awesome. Congratulations. Yes, yeah, Noom really is cool. And just in general, just getting your body moving right now is so important. I'm like, 
my immune system is going fucking insane right now, like in a bad way. And definitely when I work out and eat well and just all the things that Noom teaches you to do regardless of losing weight, it helps. It helps so much because currently it's like, oh God, so many cylinders and our bodies are just like, what the fuck is happening? And your brain is like Mm -hmm. oozing anxiety. So anything like that, that just gets your brain and endorphins and all this other all these other systems endocrine systems just off of stressing is super cool so that's really awesome i'm very glad that you're experiencing noom and having fun with it uh next from lisa homeschooling is working very well for my 14 year old daughter we are considering switching over once things go back to normal quote unquote she thrives on the one-on-one contact and oh (laughs) i I read that rude. She thrives on the one-on-one contact. Um, she bangs and she bangs yeah. and she thrives and she thrives. She thrives on the one-on-one contact and it had improved our relationship. Uh, it has improved our relationship, which has been a surprise for both of us. That's super oh, cool. Love What that. a cool unintended consequence, right? Yes. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, That's okay, great. I hadn't just, thought of that. Yeah. Okay, just a couple more. From Jared, we are thankful for a joke gift, joke is in quotes, from my mother-in-law of mini ping pong. My wife and I can set it up and play ridiculous games of ping pong to keep our spirits up during quarantine and get a little exercise between eating and movie marathons. James Bond, Marvel movies, The West Wing, and Star Trek uh, The Next Generation are the current viewing schedule, in case you were wondering. Heck yes, love that mini ping pong you know what someone also i saw someone post this in their instagram story a friend of mine from college there's this thing where it's essentially ping pong but it's with soccer balls have you ever seen this and you're and you're like dribbling over a net let me see it is it is so freaking crazy it sounds like an outdoor activity yeah soccer meet it's not it's an indoor activity soccer meets table tennis it's literally just like table tennis with a soccer ball it's fucking crazy it's called tech ball t-e-q-b-a-l-l you should definitely look up some videos of that shit because it's very impressive all right and uh finally yes from laura i love you all thanks for keeping going in spite of these really difficult times and thank you so much for the daily beans happy hours i have some non-covid19 good news if you're interested i work in wildlife conservation specifically amphibians and reptiles my colleagues and I have accomplished an incredible achievement of saving endangered slash rare frogs that was picked up in the LA Times that I'd like to share. Headline in the LA Times is, Race to Save Rare California Frog Beats Coronavirus Lockdown. Hell yeah. Awesome. That's dope. That is dope. That's so cool. I'm going to look that up. Save the frogs. <laughs> Save the frogs, indeed. Uh, I, I I used to collect frogs when I was a kid. They like I, actually I think they were toads, not frogs. But mm-hmm. you know, but, like not amphibious. But uh, I love frogs. Yeah. Um, frogs and toads. Uh, Melissa sent us uh, a quarantine confession. Uh, her teenagers asked her to pick up Chipotle for dinner on the way home from work. She snuck a chip here and there, and before she knew it, she'd eaten the whole bag. So she quickly <laughs> stuffed the bag under the seat of her car and told them they must have forgotten the chips in the order. Oh my god, I love that. I, I like how you didn't say, I forgot to order the chips. You blamed the fucking Chipotle people. <laughs> they, I ordered the chips, children, and they failed to put it in the bag. So hey, that's a that. double whammy. That's also a total DoorDasher move. That's some shit I used to oh. do. 
<laughs> oh no i know it's a horrible um, confession that i'm not proud of but there are definitely times where i would like would steal a french fry because i was starving and driving for 12 hours at a time <laughs> jesus i know Ugh. it was a grind um, and that's with a college degree everybody god is dead God is dead. <laughs> Just throw that in there on Easter. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how the story goes. Uh, I have an anonymous uh, confessional here, too. Uh, someone wrote and said, I'm a nurse practitioner in an ICU, and my attending physician ripped me a new one in front of a rather large portion of our medical team because she didn't like that I was standing up for the nurses in a heated situation. Afterwards, one of the nurses, uh, one of my favorite bedside nurses, reminded me that the best part of wearing masks all day is you can mouth fuck you and eat shit without getting <laughs> caught. <laughs> Been doing it ever that. since. And my God, has it made a difference in my day. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so good. That fucking sucks, though. That that you haven't had to go through that, but that's awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah, you can just make faces. Um, it, I noticed when I went to like when I'm walking around outside, uh, you know, when when I'm interacting with uh, you know people at the grocery store, uh, I have my my face mask on. Uh, but because I've had Botox, I can't express anything with the top half of my face. So <laughs> the the cashier will be telling me a story, and I'll be thinking like I'm making a whoa, like a surprised eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and so they just think I'm either an asshole or that they're very boring. Mm-hmm. That's probably a combination. Yeah, it's okay. You're in Southern California, so I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot of those situations people are used to navigating we're all just we're all just walking around expressionless mm. <laughs> i want to feel i just can't <laughs> yeah, <it's funny. laughs> all right well thanks everybody for those good news stories and then you you already covered where to send them and we're gonna see everybody on friday but you know we've got a few shows a few daily bean shows between now and then and and thanks so much to john crier for talking to us but he's my hero um mm-hmm. what a great guy uh, and just so kind uh, i you know everyone's like don't meet your heroes unless it's john crier if john crier's your hero it's it's okay to meet uh i've just i've just let you know mm-hmm. um so that's it uh any final thoughts jordan before before we hang up um if you would do me a solid and check out my podcast that i have going uh i disagree we are our last episode we talk about uh zoltan was on and he was actually born in hungary so we talk about socialism versus capitalism and some other you know fun stuff but it was it was probably it's when we've only had three episodes but i really enjoyed it and we're going to start talking about some coronavirus stuff we're recording tonight actually so please check that out i disagree and uh yeah give us a follow on twitter and if you want to check us out on patreon that would be fucking rad awesome congratulations it's such a good show thank you i appreciate that it's really fun it's a really nice little addition you know to the work that we do on here just to just to have a space where we don't have to like be so smart all the time <laughs> it's it's nice <laughs> no pressure no smart pressure uh, yeah exactly no smart pressure yeah awesome yeah you're like we don't have corrections on our fucking podcast nope. so there you go <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I love it all right well everybody please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i've been ag i've been jordan coburn and them's the beans.
The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>